How's it going? Welcome back to our Wandering Shorts. Ooh. It's very exciting. So today's little mini podcast that we're doing is all about rosacea. Um, and the reason that we wanted to do this really was because I keep getting lots of messages on my Facebook platform from women saying, I'm suffering with rosacea. I've been to my doctor. They're giving me antibiotic creams and these creams, nothing's helping. What can I do? And obviously I have loads of ideas myself, but also I know from talking to you that you deal with skincare all the time in the shop. Mm -hmm. And so we thought it'd be nice to do a little short info, just touching the surface of how you can treat it inside and how you can treat it on the outside, right? Yeah, and I think the fundamental thing with rosacea, it's like most skin conditions. If you apply most of these steps to most skin conditions, you'll have success. So whether it's, you know, uh, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, whatever, all of those types of skin conditions benefit from basically the same types of protocols uh, that we're going to go through now. What's interesting, though, for me about rosacea is that, like, why rosacea? Nobody knows! <laughs> we literally don't know what rosacea is all about. Doctors are confounded. And of course, it's not a life-threatening illness. And so there's not really loads of money pumped into research. There's lots and lots of money pumped into marketing cosmetic products, but really not a lot of attention spent on looking at the root cause, right? Yeah. And I think with so many things, it's, and I, I'm always saying this when people, when face yoga clients come to me and they want me to teach them grosher or face yoga or a massage or any of those things, I'm always saying it's so, so important when you're dealing with anything with skin, you have to look at what's going into your body. What's your diet? What are the supplements you're taking? And then lifestyle stuff, environmental factors as well. Yes, there's so much we can do topically and there really is so much, but it doesn't work unless you're doing the two things in tandem. Mm, yeah, I think it's a holistic approach exactly. And often... What you'll be recommended by your GP is our, our treatments to help to suppress what's going on, essentially. Uh, steroid creams, those types of things, which are, you know, long-term, really damaging for your system, not good for the microbiome on your skin, all these sorts of things that fundamentally serve to remove some of your body's own layers of defenses and your body's own kind of like strata of, of resilience against further disease and further, you know, decrepitude or whatever the term is, like as, as, as things begin to break down. And so what we want to do is like all of these practices are like building that resilience, uh, supporting your body's resistance to other things as well as just rosacea, right? Yeah, and so I always think of things that come on the skin what I'm always talking about is the skin as being the biggest organ and our first line of defense. And it's the first place stuff shows up, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime there's something that comes up, whether it is acne or rosacea or histamine things or whatever it is, it's the body sending you a signal. So when we take those things, like put stuff on steroids, those kinds of things, what we're really doing is just kind of ignoring that signal that our body's sending us. So it's always kind of interesting to look at, well, okay, why has the signal come now? What's going on in my life? And and usually inflammation is a massive part of it, right? And where where is the inflammation coming from and what do we do with that inflammation? Yes, yeah, so inflammation, like inflammatory cascades start um, when there's some sort of insult to the body. That can be poor diet, psychological stress, environmental toxin load, and usually it's all of those things uh, combined. And like, I think the, the thing, you can remove a lot of the, the things in terms of diet and in terms of um, your environmental toxin stuff, but the psychological stress part, I think, is the thing that probably is the biggest part of a trigger, particularly something like rosacea, where it's really visible, it's on your face, you know you're living in the world with it, you're seeing it in the mirror all the time. And so the stress of actually having it uh, is 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 enough to perpetuate the condition itself. So, like learning to 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 really look deeply within yourself and find love and self worth like separate to the thing is actually probably where you go. To speak to the inflammatory part of it more more specifically, I suppose we have we all have these kind of inflammatory pathways that we're dealing with throughout our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are triggered by genetic 
underlying genetic things. So we have predispositions to certain genetic conditions. There's some ideas around that rosacea has got to do with lineages passed down through your mother line or something like that. And, and whether that's true or not, or whether that's wholly true or partially true, really doesn't matter because the, the trick with genetics is that um, if you imagine your genes are, if you, the, the, the whole analogy of, of, of a gun and, and a bullet in a gun is really handy. So you have, uh, if your genes are uh, the bullets inside a gun, your lifestyle is the trigger that, that, that essentially that sets that thing off. And so that's why we can do so much, even if you see this hereditary thing like, oh, and now this disease has landed with me and a thing I'll have to live with for my whole life. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think so, the underlying inflammatory causes, usually when we're dealing with things that influence our, our genetics, a lot of what happens is it happens inside the microbiome, inside the gut. Yeah, I think so digestive pathways are kind of an interesting place to, to look. I've had a lot of clients and friends who've had a good amount of success with things like cutting gluten and dairy out of their diet, mm. um, looking at like DAO enzymes. What sort of things would you be recommending? If I was coming to you and I was saying, I have rosacea, what can I take internally and what can I look at? Obviously, when we think of inflammation, I always think of it as having like a characteristic. So inflammation is kind of hot, it's prickly, it's spicy. Mm -hmm. So I would always think to looking to take those things, things that make heat, inflammation, spicy, prickly things. So things like, I don't know, alcohol or maybe overly spicy foods or things like that. But is it actually like a homeopathic thing where maybe those things are good? Um, well, I guess if you think about spicy and you're thinking about like cayenne and turmeric, then yes, those things can be good. Uh, the problem with rosacea sufferers is that often they'll find spicy foods really trigger this flushing thing. And we'll get on to how maybe that flushing can be used or you can train that flushing thing to help to reduce the, the appearance of it over time. But certainly in terms of exacerbating the experience of the condition, yeah, KN, turmeric, powerful anti-inflammatories, but also often because what else is going on inside this person's body, anytime they experience heat, you get blood vessel dilation because that's how your body releases heat from the body. It, it, it essentially dilates blood vessels at the surface that allows heat to leave from the blood and from the body. And so uh, the, the, even though the longer term might be beneficial effects from using turmeric and KN, my, uh, my instinct to, for, for rosacea and, and the things that I've maybe had more success with are around like aloe vera juice, uh, Wheatgrass, aloe vera juice is, is, is a contact anti-inflammatory, so soothes inflammation along the gut lining, which is really common. In fact, I think it's just like endemic. Most people have it once you get to maybe our age and further on. Even with the life well lived, unfortunately, because you're dealing with so much, and like I said, psychology is so much of this as well, that, that these, these inflammatory patterns are really like they're there, unfortunately, and your gut and your brain are so interconnected that, that, that even if you, you don't feel like you're, you're eating well, or you, 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 even if you are eating well, uh, your psychology, unfortunately, can still cause like, like debilitating things to build up in your gut that cause inflammation. So aloe vera, contact anti-inflammatory, uh, also in traditional Chinese medicine is used to cool the liver. Uh, and so anything that cools the liver down is a really big part. So the liver is your main heat producing organ <clears throat> and, and rosacea like eczema psoriasis, big like heat related condition. Um, and, and anger too. So anger, absolutely. back into the yeah. psychology of those things. So you're talking about inflammation mm -hmm. from a psychological point of view. Mm. Just to clarify that you mean like if you're feeling inflamed, if yeah. you're feeling angry, if you're feeling prickly, if you're feeling fiery, if you're feeling frustrated, all those things are going to naturally increase that inflammation because yeah. inflammation emotionally is the same thing. It's Big going time. to result in inflammation. And in you point. know when you hear people called like liverish or termed as liverish and that's that's very much a characteristic when they're like really reactive and really not able to control their emotional response to things going on in the world and they're really like snappy and whatever. So I guess, yeah, so, so uh, wheatgrass as a really powerful uh, blood cleanser as well. Um, so there's this really lovely product called Fluorescence, um, which I recommend a lot actually for this because it's got loads of blood cleansing and cooling herbs, things like uh, burdock and slippery elm and red clover and blessed thistle. 
and Turkish rhubarb, but lots of other, lots of herbs that essentially help to cool and calm the blood down. And that's like a, a very woolly sounding term. And it's a term that refers back to Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine principles. But I think everybody knows what the, that this is heat. They feel the warmth in rosacea and cooling makes absolute sense. And what a lot of those herbs do is whether they're phytoestrogenic or whatever else, they're alterative, other kind of compounds that they have in them help to genuinely cool the body down and really help to, 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 to soothe rosacea, like visibly. Something that I found really useful for my histamine things, which, which present in the same way, you might not see the flushing, but it feels exactly like mm -hmm. that flushing, is quercetin. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I think because it's a natural antihistamine, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, other herbs like nettle as well, and you have things like bromelain, systemic enzymes, and MSM. There's a bunch of different things, and I think probably, because this is really just a snapshot of what we would recommend, uh, it's probably best to talk to us individually around a lot of these things. Yeah. Like obviously you can come and work to us one-to-one, -one, you can get involved with your whole office team, but I think really <clears throat> what we need people to understand there's an individual element to health here, right? Um, and so whatever broad spectrum stuff we're kind of spewing out here, there will always be like a tailored specific recommendation for your own uh, your own specific uh, situation. And, and often things like histamine, you can see it in, in other patterns as well. High histamine types will tend to have like very reactive immune systems and that sort of stuff as well. Um, so yeah, but yes, definitely high potency vitamin C taken like regularly would also, particularly in an acute phase of rosacea, if it's really, really not feeling fun, if it's like a hot day and it's under a mask or whatever, that sort of crap unfortunately people have to deal with. Um, <clears throat> taking like a thousand milligrams of vitamin C every couple of hours or taking like 500 milligram of quercetin every couple of hours can really help to reduce that like acute irritation and inflammation. Yeah. So another thing that we haven't kind of touched on too much, but we did kind of talk a little bit about is stress, right? Yeah. And stress is a kind of major thing. When we're looking at the skin at all, stress is going to show up on the skin. We know that, you know, if it sounds very fairy, we know that when we get stressed, we get worried and we get anxious, we break out, that's really common. Yeah. Often we break out around hormonal stuff, around mm. our periods, around menopause. And often rosacea comes up around that menopause time, which is why it's so common around that time, because there are massive hormonal fluctuations. And, and stress is a part of that, because a lot of the stuff that comes up in menopause is irritation and frustration and, and anger and stuff that maybe we just haven't had the opportunity to deal with, stuff that we've been suppressing. And I think that the skin is really one of those places where anything that we try to hide from ourselves just comes out on our faces and, yeah. and we're showing it to the world. So dealing with stress in your life, in your environment, and, and the ways that you deal with stress is a really, really important way to start to deal with any kind of skin condition at all. Mm -hmm. And I think from a yogic perspective, there are so many breathing exercises, like having a regular yoga practice is useful, a movement practice that de-stresses. But there are also lots and lots of breathing exercises. And I think if there was one thing that people were to take away from this, having one breathing exercise that you do every day mm -hmm. that helps calm the nervous system, calm the immune system, and just bring you back into that state of kind of equilibrium would be really useful. Yeah. There's a really nice cooling one yeah. that I always use um, in this situation. There's many, and obviously, as you said, this is a little taster. And so ideally, if people are really interested, they can come and work with us one-to-one -one or as a, as a couple in terms of trying to figure out this kind of stuff and how, mm. how it fits into your lifestyle. There's a really nice cooling one where you breathe in for four through your nose. So it's like, and when you exhale, you exhale through your tongue for five and then stick the tongue back in your mouth and breathe out the last two through your nose. So it's going to be breathe in for four, breathe out with the tongue for five, bring the tongue back into your mouth and breathe out through the nose for two. So it's going to oh. look like this, breathing in for four, breathe out for five, put the tongue back in, breathe out through the nose, 
and then breathe back in through the nose for four. Out through the tongue for five. Tongue in. And you carry on like that. Does your tongue have to be rolled up like that? So, the t yeah. so I was like, I was doing it, but I was like, I realize not everybody can actually yeah, do that. So right? not everyone can. It's a genetic thing, whether you can roll your tongue or not. If you so can't it's not a skill. roll your tongue. I, it's not I'm a not skill. Especially I'm sorry, skilled. you are not oh. especially skilled. Neither am I. Um, <laughs> the rolled tongue, there's a lot of yoga practices that do with rolled tongue. And I think that's because yoga practices came from India, where it is hot a lot of the time. So there are a lot mm. of cooling breath practices. Also, left nostril only breathing is another really cooling one that you could look into. But if you can't roll your tongue, you just simply have your tongue. So you're just blowing over the top of the tongue. It's really, really cooling physically for your body. So on a hot day, it's really useful, but it's also really calming and regulating for the nervous system. Smart. Yeah, that's a great thing. And obviously, like you said, with breath work, it's finding the one that just works for you. Something that engages and gets your nervous system. I always like, I know like box breathing really works for me. I know mm -hmm. four, seven, eight breath really works for me as well. There's so many different versions, holotropic breath work, loads of different ideas around it but it's just something that gets through to your nervous system that gets you quickly from here back into your body and and you feel the difference in your heart rate and you feel that difference for me i i really know uh particularly these days that i hold a lot of tightness around my, my solar plexus and so i know anything that can get me diaphragmatic breathing instantly starts to go like i can feel like a tingle down the back of my head. i'm like ah it's great. It's such a lovely, joyful feeling. Yeah, yeah, and, th and that's because what's happening in your body is when you're engaging the diaphragm, there are stretch receptors in your diaphragm. And when the diaphragm is stretched, when it's working, mm. that engages and triggers the relaxation response in yeah. your body. So there is literally sense. a link between mm. those two things. And it's also about halting, right? It's about that pause. Anything that stops you. And that's why I like the tongue ones, because you're having to engage quite a lot <laughs> no, of your tongue, you're definitely you go going into like, a private room for that one. Well, exactly. No, but I mean, yes, because you're not able to continue on with that chatter that's mm, going on in your yeah, mind yeah, and maybe yeah, yeah. that chat is the thing that's inflaming you that's making you think a bit like that crazy alternate nostril breathing that takes a lot of effort to get right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so the left nostril breathing is just the same because you're just only breathing mm. to the left side you have to really slow down to get enough breath in that's interesting yeah smart i would say so from a, a stress point of view as well just to mention a couple of herbs there's a great group of herbs called adaptogens that help your body to literally adapt to changes in your environment and every version of a change in your environment triggers stress hormone whether it's like from day to night whether it's from hot to cold whether it's from loud to quiet or quiet to well quiet to loud more than loud to quiet um but any sorts of environmental change always triggers stress hormone response and there is a, a group of herbs yeah called adaptogens that help to cope with that and help to improve your ceiling for coping with stress help to reduce the sensations of stress and help to reduce the biological damaging effects of stress as well because there are lots of them it's like the thing long term that's a major kind of like as you were saying, this rosacea thing is like a flag, right? So, and, and, and it's a great flag for you to be able to go, uh-oh, okay, my nervous system, immune system, etc., isn't coping very well. Adaptogens are great to help to improve that coping capacity. Three particular adaptogens or herbs from that group of, let's say, nervous system support herbs would be reishi, holy basil, and passionflower for these types of things. Um, really cooling, really calming, um, great before bed. Um, you can get them in lots of different forms, tinctures and teas and capsules and stuff. So those are the three, I think, if I was picking three really good herbs for nervous system for rosacea particularly. Okay, so let's talk about things that you can put on your skin. Mm. Just first, let's talk about topical things that you can put on, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about face yoga and gua sha and how to approach it from that point of view. Um, I find having really sensitive skin that it really is a personal thing, and I've tried so many things. Natural is always best. The less things with high alcohol content and lots of chemicals and stuff like that, I would stay away from them. And interestingly, when you research this, and I did a little bit before the podcast to see like what do people generally recommend for mm. rosacea, 
And it's a lot of stuff that isn't that natural. Mm. So that's not a direction I would go. Personally, there are three things that I use. And again, it's about trying them out for yourself. I always come back to the Trinji Very Gently Restoring Oil. I find that really, really calming, really, really gentle on my skin. I find the Dr. Maha's, which is an Irish brand's uh, corrective serum, is really good. It's really light. It's the only thing I can put on my skin when it's flared up. Yeah. Um, and even though it's a serum, I, I don't find it heating. I find mm. it really, really calming. Mm. Um, and then the third one is one that you introduced me to recently called Rosalique. And that's oh, yeah. in your in your shop now. Yeah. Well. So you might want to talk a little bit about that, but I found it amazing. Yeah. So Rosalique is a really interesting, I think it's Irish, an Irish person behind the cream, but it's a essentially a cosmetics brand out of nowhere, just specifically built to deal with rosacea and angry kind of skin conditions. So it is a concealer, uh, a moisturizer and an SPF all in one. Uh, that's all all the kind of the, the, com the combined kind of nutrients that are in there uh, and herbs are all designed to help to reduce irritation in the skin. Uh, it works really, really well. It's quite, it's quite surprising because it's got a little green tube and you squeeze it out, it's green cream and you're like, how is this gonna work? But it has this amazing ability to blend and, 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 and kind of spot cover essentially something like rosacea uh, to help to reduce kind of the, the appearance of it so that you can feel a bit more comfortable out in the world. Um, we've had great success with it since we started with it. And I think um, because sun exposure is such a big part of rosacea, I'm not a massive fan of SPF creams in general because the more that's going on the skin, the more, um, the more kind of stuff is, is absorbing into the skin and the more irritation, usually the immune system kind of uh, has a response to most stuff that goes into the skin, particularly when it's inflamed. But in the case of rosacea, an SPF is really smart because sometimes sunlight can be a real trigger to, to irritation. Right? Yeah, and it's fascinating because I'm just back from holiday and I would normally react on my face, especially to sun creams. There's only one sun cream I can use and I always find it too heavy on my face. Um, but when you're on a holiday and there's a lot of sun, you do want to be using your SPF and, you know, I, the SPF in there is a 50. I've never used a 50 and I'd be the same as you. I would have kind of stayed a million miles away from it. But I didn't use anything else on my face. I used no sun cream, just the Rose League every single oh, day that I was away. I never got a single rash. I never got sunburnt. My skin was never inflamed at any time. And wow. I only used that. I didn't use anything else. And yeah, I, and then the you're about the most reactive skin type that I've come across. Like yeah. you really are great. You're like the canary in the mind yeah. <laughs> to yeah, see yeah, whether something is. Straight away, we'll show you up. And yeah. I just put it on once a day. That was it. Wow. So that for amazing. me was like a, a mega testimonial. I came back okay, telling everyone. Cool. Yeah. Okay, um, rock and roll. So then, uh, and also two, two. Sorry, I'd love to add, to add to that. Um, two other Irish brands that I use a lot. Uh, actually, three. Merview. Uh, they have a really, really lovely um face oil which I use a lot. That contains a lot of uh, a lot of rose, a lot of neroli, a lot. Of, oh, what else in there? There's this lovely mix. There's like acai and there's oat and there's a few other bits and bobs in there. But it's a really, really lovely, very light oil and great to help to kind of like if you if you don't want to have a lot on your skin and like I was saying. If you're not outdoors, if you're not exposed to some, the less you can put on your skin, the better. Uh, most things that are coming from your skin, like you were saying earlier on, it's like an inside out thing. So often it's things emanating that they want to be able to escape through the skin, through that detoxification process or detoxification through the skin. And so if you can like to put on a really, really light oil or maybe nothing at all, particularly overnight, I would say to allow the skin to really breathe and detoxify, makes sense. Yeah, so you said one then. And Modern Botany as well. <laughs> modern Botany is one of my favourite ones. Yeah. Uh, it's a great multi-purpose oil, contains a little bit of, so it's flax oil based, which has got a high emollient value. Uh, emollients are things that help to like soothe the skin. Uh, then it also, and, and also has lignin antioxidants as well um, from the flax, but also there's frankincense and there's lavender. There's a few other really, really nice um, essential oils 
frankincense and lavender are both powerful anti-inflammatories as well and good like sun protective elements there as well so uh, yeah that's that's a nice one and then also oxmantown um rose and Rody, her facial oil is a lovely one um it's made up in north dublin in stony batter and and yeah i've just i've started using that lately as well and again it's a lovely light oil um great irish companies all of those all those three producing great things yeah, yeah and it's uh, what i would say is if you're in a period what well, my experience is if you're in a period of flush where the rosacea is really bad or if you have histamine things like me and, and they're up i wouldn't be putting anything with essential oils anywhere near mm. your face so that would be something in between those periods that can work as a preventative and that can work to really look at healing the skin as a whole but when you're in that period where it's actually really red i find that if it has any scent in it whatsoever i won't put it in it'll just react it's okay just yeah react which is why it. you have that little guy there yeah. right that trilogy very, very gentle yeah. restoring all of which we find lovely as a neutral one so face yoga mm -hmm. and yeah. gua sha that's um, where we come to right yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you're done putting the things in you put the things on yeah exactly well yeah. you want to have something you want to mm. look at the skin like we said from the inside out but also from the outside mm. in and i think there's a lot of myths out there there's a lot of misunderstanding that's a lot of trial and error really around this kind of mm -hmm. stuff and a lot of people would feel like you don't want to put anything or do anything on it when it's in a period of flush but at the same time from a yogic perspective we would talk about ojas and the juices in the skin and that being like a protective barrier mm -hmm. um and a lot of the stuff to do with rosacea as far as i understand it is a kind of a stripping of that protective barrier and so you really want to make sure that the skin turnover is good that the circulation is good and the lymphatics and the collagen production in the skin are good mm -hmm. so you don't want to just completely ignore your face then and go well oh it's in this place i just won't touch it at all mm -hmm. but what you can do is avoid the areas that are really so say you have your redness on your cheeks maybe if you were doing gua sha or you're doing face yoga or face massage don't not do it but do it around those areas so you want to think of it as stimulating the skin around those areas to help drain off any of that excess food or the inflammation and then encourage that circulation back into the area so if you're thinking about gua sha there are lots of different stones that you can get and because i have sensitive skin i tend to only ever use the rose quartz and the rose quartz is the one that you want to use so this one is called the restore the shape of stone when you have it with the heart shape and you have this. Um, rose quartz is the best one for sensitive skin and it's especially good for things like rosacea and inflammatory skin conditions because it's very cooling. If it's really, really hot, if it feels really hot on your skin, what you can also do is keep a cup of ice water beside you and dip the tool in and out of the ice water before each time of using it. It's really going to bring the inflammation down and bring a kind of cooling quality to the skin. This is something that you could work with me one-to-one -one on to really get a routine that works for you. But if you're at home and you have one of these and you want to try it yourself, what I would start with is just a very, very simple lymphatic procedure. So you want to start at the neck and you're going to take the curved side. If you have one of these and sometimes they do, they have a kind of a combi bit that looks like this on the top. I wouldn't be using the combi bit when you have rosacea. It's just a little bit stronger. It's going to bring up more char, more heat, and you want to stay away from that heat a little bit. So you're going to use the curved side. Take my earring out. And you're going to anchor the skin by just holding onto the skin under your chin. You're going to keep the tool really flat to your neck and you're going to draw it slowly down and you're only using the weight of the tool. So when you're working with the lymph, you want it to be really, really light, like a feather-like touch. And you're just collecting the lymph and draining it down towards the clavicle. Six to eight times is a good amount. And as much as possible, you want that skin to be completely flat. Uh, tool. You want the tool to be completely flat to the skin of your neck. And slow lymph moves really slowly so the slower the better so once you've done your six to eight you're going to come under the jawline and you're just going to gently saw now in this one you can see it's not flat to my skin it's just away from the skin and this sawing motion is just stimulating that lymph from this area where a lot of it collects here 
And then because say the cheek, if you're imagining the cheek is inflamed, what you're gonna do is come under here. So we're nearly at the cheek, but not quite at the cheek and you're gonna come down. Now you could anchor, but if it's really inflamed, you might not want to. So you might wanna just anchor gently beside it and just do little gentle pulsing motions with it flat. And you can come around to the side, out towards the ears and down and under. So you're just encouraging that blood flow, that circulation and lymph in that area. And that's all with that really, really same light really, pressure. Really, really mm. light pressure. You're not pushing in, you're not using it as a massage. It's just feather light. And then I would come up to the top of the forehead and I would draw along and then down and then just get to the point of where it's inflamed and mm. just come underneath it. And then and also it can spread to the forehead there. as well, obviously, so right. you've got to be careful around there, right? I'm just demoing mm. for if it was just your just cheeks. Just the cheeks, yeah. But obviously, like I said, better to work one-to-one -one with someone just to mm. be to know but if you're at home it's nice to sometimes not possible maybe finances are not at the place where you can work with someone straight away so it's nice to have something that you know you can do and you can apply these principles over and around totally fine maybe not on top of another thing that you can do so six to eight in all those areas another thing that you can do and it's up to you if you feel comfortable if you get it really icy if it's really hot if you just keep it really flat and you just mm, rock across the area of the inflammation, the stone of the rose crystal, rose quartz is such a beautiful thing. And rose is also a heart mm, crystal. And a lot of this that we talked about is emotional stuff. So you can do just a gentle rocking across it like that. Um, and always finish with your draining. Another thing you can do in terms of the massage is just to do those effleurage strokes down here, mm. just moving it all the way down and just coming to the areas around it. So you want to use your hand to just do the same thing, exactly the same if you don't have the gua sha tool, you can do exactly the same things. Just using your fingers to massage around and getting that circulation and that lymph in the area and go out towards the hairline and down away from it. So you're mm. draining away and down. So any of that heat, any of that excess stuff is coming out of that area. Mm, yeah, interesting. And like one of the things that like, so rosacea obviously has a few components to it, right? You've got the inflamed blood vessels, mm. you've got the actual acne part, and then you've got infections as well. So you've got like rupturing, acne things and all of those things like they're all uh in some ways kind of linked by this like disruption in the microbiome in the skin and the ph in the skin and so whatever you're using on it it's really really important like not to use say a harsh soap that's one of the most important things we haven't mentioned probably because um whenever you use something that's like saponified that makes a foam essentially that's a surfactant so it breaks down the oils breaks down the acid mantle on the skin and when your body senses that it produces more oil in order to like restore that balance to the skin the skin's ph is really specific and it's you know it, it, the body's tr constantly trying to control it which is how it uh protects it from damage and how it like supports the the bacterial culture that's supposed to live on the skin that's supposed to keep the skin healthy and balanced and so yeah if you can like avoid foaming face washes one of the most important things uh, while you're going through rosacea and particularly even if you have an infected area uh, that's one of the one of the times when people will often recommend like harsh foaming face washes are really the worst thing unfortunately in the long term so a little bit of like an oil cleanser maybe on a cognac sponge that's as much as we'd ever really recommend in order to clean that area colloidal silver maybe as a spray as well could work well yeah percent and and using kind of mild water so i wouldn't use water that goes anywhere near hot because again that strips mm. away so you want to stay in 
the kind of cooler territory of the water. Mm. I would always recommend an oil cleanser. And I think that oil, people often think if they have oily skin conditions, they want to stay away from it. But it's the same thing mm. that you just said there. If you're putting the oils back in, the body doesn't overproduce yeah. those oils. And they're very, very gentle. A cognac sponge is a beautiful way, gentle circular motions. And I would just wash the sponge really well after each use, soak it and wash it again. Maybe spray yeah. it with colloidal silver. And the same is true if you're using the gua sha tools, if you're putting an oil on mm. before you do your gua sha. If you have inflamed skin, what I would always recommend is taking the oil off afterwards so you're not leaving excess oil on mm. your face and always clean your tool again between each use. So you can wash it down with warm water and then spray it with colloidal silver as mm. well if you want Smart. to, just so that there's no contact spreading. That makes sense, exactly. Cool. Um, so yeah, we are going to be doing um, a couple of podcasts around skin, mm -hmm. longer form podcasts than this around skin and talking to some different experts this summer um so people can keep an eye out for that yeah and if they want to know more if you're kind of intrigued and you think oh i actually want to go for a deeper dive we do individual one-to-one -one consults mm -hmm. finn in his shop and me for facial and washer and then together we also have a consult service that you can book on our website which is www.thewanderingintowellnessproject.com and you can book through there and you can find out about all of our services mm -hmm. and then we also do workshops for your office team, for mm -hmm. friends and family, for groups as well that can look into lots of these topics around microbiome, skin health, immune system, inflammation, etc. Yeah, so we want to have like a, a different thing to a different alternative to a wild night out. Uh, come and book us and we can come and, and have a little like individual conference with all your pals or your family members and we can like make health a really center core thing um, but doing it in a fun way right that's that's kind of what health for us has to be uh, and the last thing just to say um, that we have obviously sponsors to our podcast uh, a great sponsor one of our favorites is one of the tools that actually could be really useful for you if you have rosacea or other skin conditions like eczema like my, like I have myself um, clear light sauna which is the thing that I bought kind of thinking of my eczema and all sorts of other long long-term conditions um, a prevention of a long-term health conditions uh, is, is, is been like the most invaluable investment that I've ever made and we work as ambassadors for clear light so if you want to get some red light uh, therapy into your life get some hot and cold contrast therapy into your life come and talk to us we can get you some discounts and a really interesting thing if you're going to think about using it with rosacea because obviously we, we're, we're conscious that rosacea has got a lot to do with dilation of blood vessels right and what happens is when you get in a sauna you get a lot of dilation because your body's like I really need to lose and shed heat and when you do that, it will definitely aggravate rosacea. But what you do is if you stand, if you're in the sauna for short periods of time and then go in and do like cold, either cold face washes or cold showers or cold plunges, uh, as you start to tone the blood vessels to, ex to, to dilate and constrict and dilate and constrict, you'll find there's much more regulate, um, it'll have an ability of self to self-regulate, um, which, which it might not have to begin with and which is what rosacea shows up as a dysregulation, I guess, in that ability, right? Yeah, so a lot of those things, and I think a lot of natural things, we know that, things get worse before that they get better. And yeah. it's a, a working out of our system mm. and a resilience. Um, so yeah, you have to know when you're choosing to do it that maybe you're gonna do that therapy, understanding that it's gonna make a long-term healing. Mm. In the short term, you're gonna go through a period of inflammation that might be less fun and might look less fun. So you're gonna choose the perfect time to do it, exactly. not when you're gonna go do a lot of um, talks in front of people. Exactly that. Yeah, so last thing, um, we have a great new, have you seen it? Our organic cotton clothing brand, our little capsule collection, 
consciously designed and with all of the thought thinking about where we're sourcing our our, our cotton organic cotton t-shirts from where we're getting them printed who's doing the design we thought of the whole thing with as much as a, an eye towards sustainability as we possibly could uh, but if you want to help to fund the work we're doing we would love you to uh, come and, and, and buy one of these delicious uh, items of clothing which are going to keep you uh, warm snug cool whichever you prefer uh, throughout all of the seasons all four seasons um, and most importantly for me, yeah. all designed to be non-inflammatory on your skin because for me with mm. my skincare stuff and my skin conditions I have to be really careful with what I wear and unless I'm wearing organic cotton and unless it's sustainably sourced mm. and really looked at all the different processes in it, I find it really irritating. Yeah. So we really wanted something to be kind to the planet but also skin kind too. So it should be good for those of you yeah. who have skin stuff. Nice one. Yeah, fun fact, cotton is the most hef heavily pesticide sprayed crop in the world. So yeah, non-organic non cotton, not the thing you want to be what wearing. We put on our skin we absorb into our body big time yeah okay thanks so much for watching you will find us again on here very soon and please send us your topics if you have a specific like this like rosacea that you want us to dive into let us know send us a dm message us on instagram or on our website and we will try to deal with it as soon as possible yes indeed okay bye